Welcome to the Abundant Wellness with Andrea podcast from surviving to thriving in mind, body, and spirit. Hey there, I'm Andrea Jones, registered nurse, functional hormone coach, inner healing and deliverance pastor, and most importantly, wife and mother of two beautiful girls. This podcast is really a conversation about how to discover and walk in an abundant life that God has laid out for us while processing what I call the messy middle, pain and overcoming things in our life that are hard in order to nurture all of the parts of you so that you can walk in abundant wellness in all areas. Episode, we're going to be talking all about victimization in healthcare, um, how to spot the difference between being victimized by your provider or because of a medical um, condition or experience and a victim spirit. So I'm going to be diving into how to notice the difference because there really is a difference between having a very horrible um, either medical diagnosis or medical experience and partnering with a victim spirit, but it's really important to understand the difference and how it might be operating in your life and actually keeping you from receiving the help that you need when it becomes available to you. Let's dive right into what is a victim spirit. So a victim spirit is different than just victim thinking, although they do kind of tend to overlap each other a bit. So a victim spirit really comes from being truly victimized in some way. So every person that I have ever worked with that has come under the influence of a victim spirit has truly been victimized in some way. Um, in some way, shape, or form, they have, you know, they have been unprotected, they have not felt safe, they have not felt valued, they have been exploited in some way, they've been bullied, um, they have lacked nurturing in some major key milestones or elements of their life, and that has essentially or effectively opened the door to a victim spirit. Now, when we're looking at this and kind of diving in deep to it, um, the victim spirit really comes through, like I said, that trauma or victimization. And really, um, when somebody partners with it, they don't know that they have partnered with it for the most part. I would say the majority of people that I've worked with don't actually know that they've partnered with a victim spirit speaking, when we see somebody that has come under the influence of a victim spirit, really what they're, they're trying to do is actually get their needs met, but they've just found that they don't know how to be powerful in getting those needs met. So um, they end up partnering with that powerlessness, the victim spirit that leads to really trying to gain control back of their life in the areas that they felt like they lost that control. So some areas that we typically kind of see this creep in are um, areas of injustice. If, you know, there's been a loss of finances, stolen finances, um, we are talking about all, all forms of abuse and neglect, um, even dishonor, so like having a position taken from you that belonged to you or having medical treatment denied from you that you knew was rightfully yours and legally yours, that will that can all kind of become a, um, a rich breeding ground for where the victim spirit comes in and then tries to create a dynamic where now you're starting to believe that you are actually a victim. 
behaving like a victim sound like? What does that feel like in in your mind, in your head, in your thoughts? What that tends to look like, it looks very similar, I would say, to a spirit of rejection. And I would say that those, um, you know, those are like misery loves company, right? They're BFFs. They typically come together. Um, but victim thinking, you know, when you think about it is there's no point in calling the insurance company because I know I'm not going to get help this time. There's no point in reaching out to, you know, to grants or um, services because I know that they're not going to give us the help that we need. Why even bother trying? That's typically what it looks like. Or it becomes a form of self-protection where um, in relationships um, where we've been hurt, in, you know, finances where we've been hurt, that we never actually branch out to grow in the area that we need to grow and heal in um, because it feels too scary. And so, really, the victim spirit, the protection, you know, the false protection that it tries to provide the victim or the, the person who has been victimized is really a false sense of safety. So, if you think all the way very, you know, at the very beginning of our development, we are uh, really wired to seek out um, somebody else as our source of initial comfort. We know this um, in psychological terms as really the beginning of mirroring where um, where we see mom come in and soothe us and that becomes our internal sense of I am okay. Um, now, if we've been victimized in some way, whether that be a complete lack of nurturing or um, we'll just say in my instance where a lot of my feelings were disregarded over a really long period of time where I began to doubt myself, my own experiences, my own emotions, um, and not only that, but when I would reach out for comfort, I was blamed or shamed or what have you, my sense of emotional safety was completely upside down and backwards. And so I had no grid for knowing even how to create a sense of safety for myself. And so that victim spirit, that victim thinking protects you or provides that false sense of protection so that um, you don't have to take the risk of being rejected or hurt or abused or neglected or yada yada ever again. Now, I would say that the victim spirit kind of exists along a spectrum as far as how it's going to impact a person's life. And um, it can become a way of how people get their needs met. Maybe maybe the person who has accidentally or unknowingly partnered with this, this spirit suddenly begins to recognize that when, um, you know, when things are going bad, all of a sudden they're getting a lot of attention and sympathy and empathy and help and support. And so they've internalized this belief that people will only pay attention to me if I behave this way or if I am super needy or if I am yada yada. When um, So that, that becomes their tool of this is how I can overcome my feeling of powerlessness and really it's a grasping at straws or an attempt to gain control back because they feel so out of control and they feel like there's I can never become a powerful person and actually speak up for what I need. And so therefore, this is going to be the way that I get my needs met. 
And that, of course, always leads to either powerlessness or control. Okay, so a sense of internal powerlessness or partnering with control, which is I'm going to control you, I'm going to manipulate you um, into doing what I want so that I can uh, develop that internal sense of safety. And, you know, when we're looking at a powerless pattern, what that typically looks like is not advocating for yourself, um, not communicating your needs, and then projecting your pain onto other people. Now, the reason I'm talking about this is not just from like an emotional health, spiritual health standpoint. Both of those things, that powerlessness, that victim spirit, will prevent us from having really um, healthy relationships, um, not only with the Godhead, but with, you know, everybody that we're in relationship with. It will prevent us from developing a healthy team culture. It will prevent us from um, raising healthy children. It's a big deal. Um, but I actually also wanted to talk about this from a medical perspective because um, I know for myself when I um, started experience, experiencing postpartum anxiety and depression with my first daughter, she was almost 10 months old at that point. And, you know, back then, that was about 11 years ago, they didn't really look at that as postpartum depression. They just kind of blanket labeled it as, oh, you're just anxious or, you know, you just need more sleep or what have you and wouldn't really look any further into it. So that was kind of my first experience of being discounted medically, meaning I have this internal sense that something is wrong and I need help and I'm trying to advocate for myself and I'm essentially being told that there's nothing wrong with me, it's all in my head and, you know, just get on medication or what have you. And so that could have really gone two ways for me. That could have led to me feeling victimized and it could have led to me uh, partnering with control and therefore like manhandling every other practitioner that I worked with for myself or it what it ended up doing was actually catalyzing me into getting the healing that I needed from a qualified practitioner that was actually willing to look at everything else that was going on in my life. Now Fast forward to, you know, my daughter being diagnosed with PANDAS, which for those of you that are new listeners, that's pediatric autoimmune neuropsychiatric disorder associated with strep um, or acute, from acute streptococcus. It kind of depends on the literature, what that, uh, how they break down the acronym. Um, and our lives were just completely thrown upside down, like in a matter of days. So she developed a strep infection, um, got over the strep infection, meaning, you know, we treated her appropriately. She stopped having a fever, stopped having a sore throat, but then started developing very progressively over a matter of days to a week. Um, neurological symptoms, rage, irritability, anxiety, meltdowns, um, chron you know, now constantly waking up in the middle of the night. And I knew that something was desperately, desperately wrong with my child and took her to the first doctor and they were like, no, 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 it couldn't be pandas. Didn't even like look at it further. Didn't really you know, they, they just kind of refused to dig into the subject at all. Um, and 
now we are on this long haul journey that I didn't know we were going to be on at that point. I thought, you know, we're just, I'm just going to trust that doctor. I'm just going to hope that this kind of turns itself around. But I had that internal gut mommy feeling that I knew something was deeply wrong with her. And if I didn't get help like now, tomorrow, I knew that this was going to uh, really snowball very quickly. I knew enough about the literature of pandas to know. And um, it was uh, it was very, 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 very hard to not partner with that victim spirit and that victim mentality because of how many doors were shut in our face before we actually got help. And um, and, you know, not only that, but we had family members leave. We had family members blame us. We had you know, we lost all nearly all aside from one or two friends um, at the time we lost all of those relationships because they didn't understand her illness they didn't know how to handle the intensity of you know the new intensity of our life that was very different from what they were dealing with with their neurotypical children and um, and so I could feel the pull of that like I have just been victimized by my own life I have just been victimized by doctors not necessarily believing me by the medical system you know I think we have to be very honest and say that the way that the insurance um, companies and the medical system is built built is not meant for really healing these root causes. And so now we are being victimized financially because we're having to put, you know, five, ten, twenty thousand dollars of money that we don't have into treating our child, which means that we're no longer able to do the things that we had planned as a family, like go on a vacation or redo the siding of our house or what have you. I hope that as you're listening, you're starting to get a picture of how easy it is to be victimized in our health journey. And I want to actually give you the keys to overcoming it because um, it was absolutely a battle that I had to fight along this journey to refuse it. And there were times where I succeeded and other times that I fully came under it and had to really war to get out of that place of of recognizing that I had been victimized, recognizing that there were injustices that needed to be taken care of, and um, while simultaneously you know, not taking on that the, the victim spirit and that spirit of powerlessness that was trying to creep in. So that's a little bit about my experience you know, kind of walking this out over a long period of time. And so this would, it would kind of come up like a tripwire. Like anytime I would try to get in with a new practitioner to evaluate or, oh, this is a big one. So the biggest one was, and this is very, very, very typical of children who have pandas, um, is that they are able to fully like keep themselves together in a school setting or like Sunday school or with a babysitter and then just lose it. Like by the time she would get in the car from um, picking her up from school, it was just an absolute nightmare. Like she was melting down, she was anxious, she was stressed, she couldn't focus on her homework. It was just a nonstop battle. And so now I'm having to go in for IEP meetings and evaluations to, you know, get her help in the classroom so that she had the support that she needed. And having them tell me that how I experienced my child 
wasn't what they were experiencing in the classroom and therefore it was invalid. And so I feel like I'm shouting at the top of my lungs and nobody's listening to me and nobody's taking me seriously. And it just, it's triggering as a mom because our core instinct is to protect our children. And I felt like I couldn't. I felt like I could not protect her and give her the support that she needed. And this happened continually um, in multiple uh, different arenas of, you know, trying to get help for her over almost a two-year period of time where it was like everything... Um, Everything that we tried to do, even just going to like her general practitioner and doing a checkup and making sure they were on the same page with us about her treatments and her protocols and all of that stuff and just having them be like, she looks fine. And I'm like, okay, well, we're not talking about what she looks like. We're talking about all of these other outliers that are influencing her internal and external environment that are, uh, you know, that are, that are very challenging. And so... I could feel that victim spirit really trying to land on me and suffocate what little energy I had left to fight for my child. And it really wasn't until we started working with a practitioner who first started listening to me um, that it's almost like it was the nourishment, it was the nurturing that my heart needed to begin to trust again and to not partner with the lies that you know, we would never get the help that we needed and we would never be listened to and it would always be a fight to push through X, Y, and Z. And so that's a little bit about, you know, my experience with my daughter. And then as a practitioner, uh, because I do work with women, women's hormones, it is impossible to not bring in to your current practitioner relationship every other past relationship that you've had with a practitioner. Um, unless you've done the work of like actively forgiving and healing and releasing them because that's kind of how we're wired. We're wired to, you know, remember things that have made us feel unsafe. And so a lot of times how this manifests itself is anytime there's a blip in the progress where it's like two steps forward, one step back or five steps forward and one step back. Um, sometimes what this will manifest itself as is like aggression towards me, the practitioner, even though I'm the person helping them. Um, it's, you know, feelings of failure or anxiety that they won't get to that end goal because um, other practitioners have bailed on them before. Um, it is that feeling of like, gosh, what if we get to a place where I've done everything I can and then something happens, like life happens, and it throws a wrench in everything, and all of a sudden, I'm back at square one. So there's all of those, you know, internal uh, experiences that a client might be experiencing, but it's manifesting itself as aggression or uh, blaming me for the lack of progress or frustration that I won't continue working with somebody for, you know, uh, without receiving client fees, etc. And all of it is coming from that place of really feeling powerless and hopeless in their journey. And so this is one of the reasons why, you know, especially in the Happy Hormones program, but even in just like our one-on-one -on -one coaching, we are also going after those emotional thought patterns, the belief systems, as well as really breaking off um, any 
negative experiences that we've had with former practitioners. And so what I mean by breaking off um, those former attachments means um, something like, you know, for my situation, for example, I forgive the practitioners who didn't listen to me. I forgive them for all of the extra time, money, and resources that I had to spend than I would have needed to spend if they'd actually listened to me the first time. I break partnership with the fear that I will never get help. I choose to break partnership with that powerless spirit that is trying to ensnare me and keep me from actually receiving from the person in front of me who's trying to help me. And so this is an ongoing process because we, you know, we can break partnership with um, the yucky stuff, the demonic stuff that comes in through those experiences, but then we have to actually change our mind, which means now every time I am meeting with a doctor, I have to actively choose that I'm going to trust the process, that I'm going to trust that Jesus and I together have the skills to communicate with my provider exactly what I need, um, as well as the skill to be able to recognize when a practitioner isn't a good fit for me and when I might need to go actually work um, with somebody else. And so typically when we're dealing with like that spirit of powerlessness or that victim spirit, we have to address the spiritual component, which is breaking the agreements with that victim spirit, forgiving the people who victimized us, releasing them from our judgment, and then we have to actually change our mind. And so if this has been a part of your experience, a part of your health experience, I would invite you to partner with Jesus on this and begin to dive into those questions and ask him, you know, what lies am I believing about my experience? Is this preventing me from working with the person in front of me? Do I, you know, am I bringing that old mindset into this new clinical working relationship? And is that keeping me stuck? And then following through with some of those steps that I outlined for you to actually get your freedom and your breakthrough. And, you know, if you're looking for more one-on-one -on -one help, um, then you can shoot me a message on Instagram at AbundantWellnessWithAndrea.com or you can go to my my website go.abundantwellnesswithandrea.com and I would be more than happy to speak with you.